come on. Are we ready to get into the Word of God? Good. <laughs> that was really... You had me there. God's good, amen. And we're going to... Today, I want, I want to talk about, and there's no way I am going to cover this in one sermon today. But today, I want to talk about what it looks like for us to have healthy relationships in, in every area. And believe me, I am not going to nail any of this, all of this today. And, you know, I could probably preach for the next eight weeks on this and there'd still be more we could preach about. But if we are serious, I believe this, if we are serious about being God carriers, carrying his presence into areas of wherever, we've got to have better relationships. Got to be intentional with those relationships. In fact, I'm going to stop. I'm not being obedient. And I'm not, I, I'm not doing this for effect. I'm not doing this for... Because, you know, God sometimes stops me in the middle of the service to say something or feel that God's speaking. And I'm just going to give this again. I haven't had time to unpackage it. Sometimes I like to be able to say to God, God, could you just give me the heads up just a little bit more before I stop right in the moment? But I'm going to stop right here. And I'm just going to say it as I see it, and hopefully the Lord will unpick it. Just feel that there's somebody in the room or might be listening, that you are at the lowest possible low that you could imagine. Something is, has happened. Something is making you feel the low of lows. That joy, and this is different from the word I had the other week, your joy is, is, is gone. Your, it's gone. You're not thinking of doing anything stupid. I'm not saying that, but y your joy is gone. And I just feel God is saying, I see your tears. I see you right in the lows of your lows. And I'm with you. And I don't want you to stay there. I'm going to lift you back up. I'm going to lift you back up. That even if you don't understand what this is, my heart, as in God's heart, is not to keep you there. I want to lift you up. I want to build you up. And I don't know who that's for, but you feel you're right at the low. The joy has been zapped, and the Lord wants to give you your joy back. He wants to give you your joy back. But, but I want to ask you this question. I don't know who I'm talking to, but if you are feeling at the lows of lows, one come and maybe catch me at the end, or somebody that you've come with. Have you asked the Holy Spirit, have you asked the Lord, Lord, in the depths, in the, in, in the, where I'm at, would you lift me? Would you bring new joy to me? Be intentional. That word's for you. I haven't packed it well. I'm just trying to say what the Lord is saying. <laughs> you can't go any further than where you are. But God said, I want to lift you up. I want you to hear this morning that I think you're wonderful, that you are a masterpiece, that I want to restore your joy. That's for you. Come and see me or see somebody that you trust so that they can pray into that situation for you. So I want to get back to talking about healthy relationships. We've got to have healthy relationships. Marriage, boyfriend, girlfriend, kids, grandparents, relationships with our friends, our colleagues. Life is a lot easier if we have better relationships and healthy relationships. And I want to just share from the Word of God some things that might help us. And it's going to be kind of a, a whistle-stop tour this morning because I want to get some stuff in so that we can catch it and go away and think about it. 
why am I trying to teach like this, preach like this, or whatever you want to call it? It's because I, I want the Word of God to be relevant Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Not just when we come into church. Somehow we've got to apply the Word of God. If we don't apply the Word of God, if you don't take something away from what I say, I'm in the wrong job. No, it's the Holy Spirit's job to lead you, to guide you. But we've got to be able to apply the Word. So if we're to have healthy relationships, it's got to start with love. It's got to start with love. In fact, everything that I probably talk about is then based out of love. If we love God, I keep looking up there because I say a mission statement. If we love God, somehow that love has got to overflow into our lives. Are you still with me this morning? If we don't love God wholeheartedly, I'm not sure we can love how we're supposed to love. I'm not sure that we can have healthy relationships if God is not central to our lives. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying you need to be praying 24-7, reading your Bible for 18 hours out of the day. Nobody can do that. And if people are saying they're doing that, wow, either they are Jesus themselves or they're a better man than me, Gunga Ding. Because life gets busy, but actually in the business life, we've got to love God to overflow, to love people. So this is what the Word of God says in, in, in John 13, 34 to 35. Jesus says this to his disciples. This is how important it is. He, he's delivering it to his disciples. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this you will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The best relationships that I'm involved in involve love. Whatever that looks like. There's different kinds of a love, isn't there? There's, there's agape love. There's eros love, which is the exciting, the passionate stuff. But the agape love is about the, the, the love of a father, the love of God, the charity kind of love. We all need love to make our relationship work. And the best ones that work in my life is because not only have they invested in the love journey, I've invested in the love journey. I've been intentional in trying to love. Have I got that right? Not always. But we have to be intentional in how we love people. Best relationships are filled with love. You see, and when we understand the love of a father, our love can be stable. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because if we don't understand the love of the Father, our relationship love can be very unstable. It's got to come back to who we're based on, who we are formed on. Love is an interesting thing, isn't it? It's hard work. If I'm honest, love is hard work. Do you know, every day, and if you're a man or a wife or looking to get married or whatever, just because you've been married 10 years doesn't make it any easier. Just because you've been married 20 years doesn't make it any easier. You're married a year. Doesn't make... Every day I've got to choose to love Jen. Now, I want to love her. Hear me. Hear me. But I have to invest in loving that woman. I have to be intentional. I have to... And can I honestly say as a pastor, yeah, I stand at the front and I've got love, right, tick. I, I am the guru when it comes to telling you about, am I chuff? 
I'm just, I'm just trying to love her the best way I can. And in relationships, you need to love the best way that you can. But do you know love comes sometimes with a sacrifice? It comes with no return. It comes with nothing to expect back. That's how God loves us. Love. Paul puts it like this in, in Philippians 2, 2 to 4. Make my joy complete by being in the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on the one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Love covers a multitude of sins, doesn't it? But you see, I think that's not a good statement to make. Because there's some things that we have to deal with within our relationships. Love, it covers a multitude of sins. So that means because I love you, you can get away with talking that way. Because I love you, I can do this action. No, you can't. If we are compelled and ran by the Father's love, our love has to be different. We can't. We can't take the scripture, we can't take quotes and just make them fit for our lives. Love doesn't cover a multitude of sins. Maybe we have to get, love is having the conversation and saying, this cannot go on anymore. We need to talk about this. And I'm not just talking about marriages or girlfriends, engaged, boyfriends. I'm talking about every relationship. We need to have the conversation in love. Well, you know... That's how Rob is, isn't it? It's an example. It's always you, Rob. It would be Vince if he was sitting there, but he's out of my eye line. But do you understand what I'm saying? Love is hard work. But I think it's key to our relationships. Second thing I want to mention, and I'm just going to rattle through these because I could probably write a book on these things if I could write. <laughs> Maybe not. Rob got it. Still doing the big thumb finger spaces in between. <laughs> We've got to encourage. If you want healthy relationships, whatever it's in, even to your boss, my boss, hold on, this was all right. You, this was a good sermon until you mentioned my boss. <laughs> Encourage your boss. I don't, I don't know. You are the greatest pain in the bum in my life, but I want to encourage you. <laughs> Does it get you a rise, encouraging the boss? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad Miranda's not here. But encouragement's important. How easy is it to say to somebody, you're wrong, I don't like that. I, our words are poisonous. It tells us in James, doesn't it? The, the tongue gives life or death. If you want to have a healthy relationship, whatever, bring encouragement. I can't believe the world that we live, I do. It's a broken world, isn't it? Where we want to hurt people. Where we want to put people down. Where we want to get ahead. Can I just say this as a side note? There might be stuff going on in your life with a relationship and they might be hurting. I'm a big believer in this, that hurt people hurt people. So be maybe gracious with them. 
Because hurt people, if they're hurting, will hurt people. Me included. Research indicates that good relationships, healthy relationships, there is a five to one ratio in favour of positive encouragement over negative criticism. So what am I saying there? So I tell you, or somebody says something negative to me, for me to get to a positive place now where I'm not thinking about the negativity, five good comments have got to come my way. Wow. So... What I'm trying to challenge us is, actually, let's not give the one away. Let's give the five. So it's a constant encouraging and building somebody up. Five to one. Ephesians 4.29, Paul emphasizes the importance of encouragement. Sorry, in Colossians, uh, Ephesians 4.29, says it. In Colossians 4, 5 to 6, I want to read this. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as a good for edification according to the need of the moment. Did you hear that? For the need of the moment, that it may give grace to those who hear. For the good of the moment, for the grace to those that would hear. Look at the person next to you and encourage them. Say something, encourage them. Don't make it up. Something you know about them. Just encourage them in that moment. <laughs> encourage them in that moment. In that moment. In that moment. <laughs> Give somebody a word of encouragement. Do what Noddy's doing. If you've got nobody next to you, he's encouraging himself in the reflection of the window. <laughs> it's when he starts falling out with him, I'm going to be worried. How did you feel to receive that encouragement? It was a bit odd, wasn't it, that pastor said, could you encourage? But if we are in the mindset of encouraging, it's not an odd place to be. I have a prayer I say in the morning as I'm trying to get up. Part of that prayer is, Lord, can I be an encouragement to somebody today? Can I build somebody up? Would you make that possible? We need to encourage people on a regular basis. Speak fondly of them on a regular basis. We need to make people feel important. Use their name. Well, I'm not very good at using people's names. I always forget. Remember, that's a great way of saying that you value somebody. Be friendly. We've talked about this. Smile. Learn to listen. We don't like listening, do we? Exactly. We don't like to listen. We like to keep speaking and we want to get our point across at times. Learn to listen more and understand their interests and points of view. If you're not very good at encouraging, this is what I would say to you. Get alongside somebody who's good at encouraging. Get alongside them because it's going to rub off on you. As, as miserable as you might be, don't know where to look, Rob. <laughs> get, along some, some, uh, get alongside somebody who's an encourager. We haven't seen Mary for a while. She's looking after her mum. I've said this before. If you want to learn how to do encouragement in this church, get alongside Sean's mum. She's an amazing, amazing encourager. I could bum up here. The worst word possibly come out of my mouth 
and Mary would find the words to encourage me on the door. And you know, there's something within me knowing that I've preached rubbish. I'll have a wife that'll tell me that later. But there's something within the Holy Spirit that will tell me that I've not hit the mark today. But Mary has a great way of, of encouraging. I guarantee you, if I bummed today, I'd walk out there and Mary would be like, I really love your T-shirt. <laughs> or, or something. Because she's got the heart of an encourager. See, when we get the heart of an encourager, relationships go differently. Now, I just want to talk briefly. This is still part of the encouragement. You know where people say we shouldn't gossip? Gossip's bad. But I do believe we should be gossiping. Whoa, hold on, Pastor. I'm going to quantify it. I'm not going to stop there. Please keep the tape running until I finish this point. <laughs> it's important. If we're going to have lives of encouragement, you need to be talking people up. You need to be talking them up. Oh, let me tell you about Sheila. Well, ooh, flipping heck. No, let me tell you about Sheila. She's amazing. She, she does our social media like, Wow. She encourages people all the time. She's looking after people. She makes amazing cakes. She, if, if you're looking for a friend, she's giving me the eyes now. We're, we're, we're full in. If you're looking for a friend, Sheila needs to be your friend. So I'm good for gossip. And you can tell people that Pastor Nathan Weaver says gossip's good. Good gossip's good. Build people up. Tell the stories about people. We've got this thing in the region. Before you tell me what's going on with your church and the problems, tell me a good news story. We try and open up on our Wednesday prayer meeting with testimonies. And I have to hold everybody back with the... <laughs> but get into good gossiping. Have I told you about Vince? Now Vince has probably in his life has had a lot of gossip about him. And lots of stuff that shouldn't have been said. Do you know what? This man gave his life to the Lord. He's trying to live the best life he can for the Lord. He's serving the Lord like the bilio. He's Some people would say Vince is not good to have in your life. Old Vince. I tell you what, new Vince, you want him in your life. He's a good guy. What about Alex? Let's talk some good gossip about Alex. And I could talk about all of you, and if I haven't picked you, forgive me. But Alex is serving the Lord in B&Q. Hey? How's he serving the Lord in B&Q? Because he sees himself, he's the pastor of B&Q, and he's put on his heart, God's put on his heart, that every staff member in this place is going to be looked after. It's going to be treated right. It's going to be fought for. And you know, Alex has blessed the church. He, he paid for those cabinets. Why? Not because he wants me to say that. Because I want to talk good gossip about him. He's seen something. He's looking. He's pastoring after people in, in B&Q. Good gossip is good. And, and I could probably go around everybody in the room. And, and if I haven't, in fact, let me give some good gossip about this woman here. She is an amazing, amazing, amazing woman. I couldn't do what I do without this woman sitting here. She builds me up, she encourages me, she brings me down when I need bringing down. Because I'm, <laughs> you know, believe it or not, I, I don't take anything for this energy. <laughs> I'm just constantly like the Energizer bunny. 
And sometimes she says, babe, give it a rest. Calm down. Come off the ceiling. Yeah, I know you want to see Sunderland won, but any chance we could just have tea? But she's an amazing woman. Absolutely, I can't, words can't explain. She's amazing to our kids. In fact, I'd, I'd be lost without her. And I'm being totally honest, I'm not trying to be soppy. I'd be lost without her. I wouldn't know where my pants were. <laughs> I know where the credit card is, it's with her, but... If you want your relationships to work, if you want them to be healthy, big up your wife. Big up your husband. Big up whoever's in your life. I knew I shouldn't have come off the notes. We're miles away. We're only into like two things here. But I'm, I'm trying to, this is God's heart. If we want healthy relationships, we've got to, who's the greatest encourager we can have in our life? It's Christ. When you are at your lowest of lows, he's going to get you lifted up. Encouragement. It's important. Get into the habit of encouraging. What about humility? Humility is key if you want a healthy relationship. When you're humble. And, and I'm talking about true humility here. People can smell if you are putting false humility on. You can smell it like, like an animal has died. They can, they can smell it on you, just so we're clear. If you think you're being humble and you're not, people can smell it and can see right through it. True humility. When you're humble, when you're ready to listen to people's opinions, to ideas. When you don't treat people in a condescending manner and willing to admit when we're wrong. Ooh. Something great in building healthy relationships is, is that we take the responsibility if we've done something. We own it. Live in a world where it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I was, I, sadly, I was talking to a pastor about some stuff in his church, trying to help him. And everything that was going on in his church was everybody else's fault. Now, I, I'm not saying that a lot of the stuff wasn't. But he had to own some of that stuff. In our lives, we've got to own some of this stuff that is not right. Humility, 1 Peter 5, 5 says, Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace. There's that word again, grace to the humble. Now, let's get this about humility. Humility doesn't mean you have a low self-esteem or think yourself as low as low or that worm or a loser. Simply means thinking rightly about yourself. Humility shows us that we're in it like it, uh, we're in it with everybody else. We're just the same. Nobody is the superstar. Everybody's just trying to get on, loving the Lord the best way that they can moving forward. Humility helps us to understand that. People make mistakes. People don't always get it right. <coughs> Humility gives us the opportunity to really learn from others. Romans 12.3 says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one, measure, uh, to each one a measure of faith. You know, when we have humility in our lives... Uh, 
I believe this gives us a platform for God to really do something within us. Because he knows it's not about you. It's about him. And when it's about him, he can work with that. We have an amazing God, don't we? That If you think God's view is that he's ready to punish you, he's ready to beat you up, he's not. He's slow to anger. He's slow to bring judgment. Because he loves us so much. So, oh, son, daughter, I'm not happy with that, but come on. He gives grace all the time. If you want to see your relationship be healthy, you need to be working on being humble and your humility in that relationship because that will bring fruit. Here's a third thing that I want to mention, and there's no particular order for these. If you want a healthy relationship, and I'm going to keep rattling through these. Service. Serving others. Jesus himself is our model of service. See, when Jesus came to walk among the earth with us, when he was here as, as human form, he didn't demand from others, he served them. And he dedicated himself to serving others. If you want a healthy relationship, we need to be dedicated in serving others. Whatever that relationship looks like. There's a word that John Maxwell uses all the time. I love John Maxwell. He's a speaker, an author. I was talking a little bit with Ed about this this morning. It's about being intentional. Intentional. If you want to serve somebody you've got to be intentional with it it's no good saying well do you know what God's told me I should serve or I feel it would be good to serve today alright what's the next part well you know it's good. it'd just be good I'll serve today it'd be good it'd be good tomorrow I'm, 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 there comes a point talk is cheap isn't there if we want to grow if we want to move forward if we want to have a healthy arrangement we've got to be intentional with that intentional in how we serve I want to talk to you men and you women this morning who are married or in, in, in a long-term relationship. Serve. Serve the one that you are married to. Serve the one that you are engaged to. Serve. In fact, if we could get in our heads that there's going to be a serving competition, I'm going to outdo you, I'm going to out-bless you, Man, I want to talk to you now, very clearly. Some men in this room think if they fill the dishwasher, they need a reward. <laughs> Just fill the flipping dishwasher. What's up with you? It's about us loving and serving mutually. Well, I've hoovered today, love, so that means I get... Oh, get over yourself. You should be hoovering. If you're in, before she's in, get the flipping tea on if you can. I don't know where to look. <laughs> and I know we're busy. Well, I'm the modern man. Get off the flipping settee and be the modern man then. There should be more amens from you women. 
No, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm only talking to people who are not. There's some that are doing that. Please don't. And if you are, keep doing it. Jen says to me, you know, a few times a week, would you cook? Okay, taking your life in your own hands, but I will. <laughs> what do you want with your cereal? <laughs> what do you want with your scrambled egg? Toast? Beans? It's about where we are. No, I can do a dinner. Only just. But serve! Let's get into the, get into the mindset of serving each other. Not, well, I can't believe it. I tell you what, I filled the dishwasher, I did the hoovering, and I washed the bathroom, so I deserve to go out now. But she's worked all day too, you know. Serving, doing whatever she does, fetching the kids, making, paying the bills, doing the whatever. Let's have a bit of mutual serving, a bit of mutual loving, a bit of mutual... You catching what I'm saying? Some men probably want to sort me out later. That's all right. Vince is with me. <laughs> Service. The world tells us we need to claw ourselves to the top. Stab somebody in the back. No, serve them. At work, at college, at school, get into the culture of serving them. Can I get you a cup of tea? Yeah. Can I fetch you some water? Can I get you some lunch? Can I? Some of you are doing it. I'm not trying to. Teach to the choir, I'm teaching to me too. Because sometimes I, I don't want to serve. And my whole heart, you take me apart, is about serving. Sometimes I'm just like, that's an effort. That's a cost. Hello. Serving is a cost. It's got to be intentional. Let's move on. Because I can see eyes rolling. I can see, like, come on, Pastor. Only 17 more points to go, so buckle yourself in. In Matthew 20, 25, Jesus said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Matthew 20, 25 to 26. If you want healthy relationships, serve each other, whatever the relationship is. Maybe you need to ask the Lord to help you grow in service. Here's an interesting one. Patience. You want a healthy relationship? You need to have patience. Wow. Do you know, I hate this word patience. Do you know why I hate it? Because the moment you ask the Lord for patience, wow. As soon as you make that public, I'll show you patience. <laughs> so I'm not asking for patience, Lord. I'm just teaching about it. <laughs> But if you want healthy relationships, you've got to be patient, haven't you? You, you know, oh dear, here we go. You know that thing that used to be cute when you met them, and now you want to wring the neck for it. Oh, it was just cute how they did that with the toothpaste. <laughs> it was just cute what they did with the towel. Patience. It's, it's, it's hard work, isn't it? But again, it's about being intentional. How we? How can I be patient with my boys? Sometimes I feel I am the worst parent in the world. And I'm not looking for anybody to come after me and say, oh, you're not, you know. I know. But sometimes I could be more patient. 
Sometimes I just need to take the time in the moment and not be caught up in the moment. If you want your relationships to work, to be healthier, you've got to work on patience. God's patience rooted in him. Maybe it's about actually just journeying with people. That's what patience is. You'll eventually get it. Eventually she'll do it. Eventually. And if she doesn't, if he doesn't, if they don't, is it the end of the world? Is it a deal breaker? I think Jen needs to actually listen to this sermon, I feel. But if you want healthy relationships, you've got to be patient. It says here, Psalm, 10, Psalm 103, verse 8, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. <clears throat> are we like that in our relationships? Are we patient? Are we, uh, are we merciful? Are we gracious? Are we slow to anger? Are we abounding in mercy? Oh, yeah. Tick, 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 tick. I'm not. Trying to be. The more I try, the more I seem to mess it up. <laughs> That's, uh, anybody, does that make sense? The more you try and be patient, the more you try and be merciful, the more that the light's more shining back on you. But if you want healthy relationships, patience is important. Got to be patient with others. I've got to work on this, and I know this is going to bug me today. Now I'm talking about patience. You know, in the supermarket, or you're walking down the street, and somebody's just there, and they're just right here. And then you go that way, and they're just there, and they go that way, and they're just there. Uh, can I be honest? I really want to lay my hands on them. In the name of Jesus, shift, kind of. But I'm gonna pay, I don't know, I'm going to walk out of here. Tomorrow, Jen's going to send me somewhere, go shopping, go and do this. And so... If anybody knows how to deal with those people. In, and it, can, I, can I just, while we're here, I might as well just deal with it. If you are one of those people, <laughs> if you are one of those people, <laughs> bless you. <laughs> no, I'm going I'm to leave it right there. <laughs> oh, here's, here's a good one. And I might need to pick this up again next week. If you want healthy relationships, respect is important. Respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Yeah, I could work it out. You know, it's quite a good song, actually. All I need is a little bit of respect. It's interesting how... Right? Bless him. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. There's lots I could say, but respect. If you want healthy relationships, you've got to have respect, mutual respect. No taking the higher ground, no taking the higher. There's got to be a mutual respect. If you constantly criticize, it will eventually descend into contempt on both parts. The opposite is to express respect. To show someone respect they deserve is going to make the relationship stronger. Now, 
Respect has got nothing to do with age, background or position. Respect is earned and is for everyone. Ephesians 4.31, Paul writes this. Let all bitterness and all wrath and anger, clamour and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Got to respect. Just because they're different, just because they do things, respect. You know, me and Jen, sometimes we are miles and miles apart of getting to a goal. So she has a certain way we've got to do it and we've got to go this way and I believe we should get this way but eventually all roads lead to Rome. Do you know what I mean? But sometimes we have in our head and it might be the same for you, it must be done this way. It must be done that way. At the end of the day, we get the result that we need. So we need to respect people's opinions, their understandings, their journeys of getting to somewhere. Just because they do it differently doesn't mean it's wrong. If you still get to the end result. Do you, do, again, do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, let me move on. If you want healthy relationships, responsibility is important. Take responsibility in making that relationship work. Be intentional. Give time into it. Give um, love into it. Patience. Got to take responsibility. I mentioned it earlier about when we've been wrong and own it. See, we've got to stop with the finger pointing and, and finding only the things that are wrong. Because when we finger point, when we do that, it magnifies the situation. And it makes it something that it shouldn't be. Take responsibility. Taking responsibility as well doesn't mean taking all the blame yourself. Sometimes you might have to. But it's sometimes it's, it's, we've got to take the responsibility in this together. Again, I'm talking about whatever the relationship is. Sit down with an open attitude. Examine the issues. 1 Corinthians 11:28. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. We take communion sometimes so lightly. We have to examine what our relationships are like. Because it affects... Can we take communion properly today? Can we do what God has called us to do properly? We've got to break the deadlock in relationships. At times the deadlock just becomes so bad that it's so tense that it's, it's horrible to be there. And, and maybe we have to take the first move to, to get rid of the deadlock. Things escalate. And things become unbearable in the relationship. But surely, with the pandemic, and I hate mentoring in that word because we, we should be moving on, but it's still around. It's showing us that life is very short, isn't it? That the things that we found dear have been closer and, and things that we didn't think so, well, that were important aren't as important anymore. That it's the same with relationships. We've got to break the deadlock because life is short. I, I, I don't want to die and not have fixed that relationship or not have tried to put that thing back on track. Will it be different? Yeah, of course it's going to be different. It might never be the same again, that relationship or that. But life is too short. 
My brother died 11 years ago, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Kind of in the middle of that, 10 and a half then. Were we the best of buddies? Not all the time, but I tell you what, I would love to sit with him and hear something again tomorrow. I would love for him to tell me that thing that he's told me 750 times again today. Why? Because life is too short. If you knew, God forbid, you were going to die tomorrow, what would you do today differently? In that relationship, in that thing that you're in, what would you do differently? We need to move deadlock to dialogue. There's always the potential for more conflict, but good people with good motives need to talk. Look for common ground, not fighting ground. We always look sometimes for the fighting ground, look for the common ground. Or give ground. In our relationship, me and Jen, she'll tell you this, I am very quick to try and put right what's wrong. Even if it's not me. Not because I'm trying to be soft, not because I'm trying, because I'm trying to, we can't stay in this position, love. And what I've realised is in the time, don't actually try and sort it in the time. Maybe you need to go away for a walk and come back and talk about it. When you've cleared your head a bit, when you've come off the roof a bit. Oh, Jesus. There's loads of things we can say here. Time is really, really gone. Let me just give you two more quickly. In relationships, healthy relationships, whatever they are, affection is important. Affection is a visible demonstration of love and it can take all sorts of forms. In the giving of gifts, hugging, serving, making a meal, are all forms of affection. They're tangible ways of showing a person that you truly do love them. I was thinking about this and I was thinking about ways that Jesus showed his affection to us and to people. He ate meals with tax collectors. Tax collectors. Graham, you're a tax collector, aren't you? Marion was a tax collector. I've had Marion round for food and I've invited you guys round for food, so we're working on it. But he ate with tax collectors, the low and the low of the day. He washed the feet of his disciples. He put his hand on the heads of children when he blessed them. He fed huge crowds. He healed the sick. Jesus didn't just give people lip service and say he loved them. He took action to demonstrate his love. If Jesus is affectionate, how affectionate should we be? Romans 12.10 expresses this a bit more, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honour, giving preference to one another. Affection and love go hand in hand. Affection is proof that we really love somebody. Maybe this week, I'll challenge you this week, be creative of how you can be affectionate to somebody in your life. Be creative. How could you be affectionate for somebody in your life? That workplace, that Son and daughter that you've got, the, the husband, your, your partner. How can you be affectionate? Think about maybe what's the, what's the one thing that they truly value that you could do for them or, or be part of.
Do they love physical affection? Do they love gifts? Do they love quality time or acts of service? Make it your goal to show affection to people that shows that they have value and that they are meaningful in your life. There's loads we can talk about healthy relationships. I don't know if this is helping you this morning. And maybe this will help you more when you're looking at it later in the week. What about forgiving? Matthew 18, 21, Jesus told a parable of a man who owned an enormous debt to be to the king. Unable to pay the debt, the man went to the king and pleaded with him for forgiveness because the king was merciful and compassionate. He completely forgave the man's debt. The man went out and another man who owed him a much smaller debt, he demanded that the debt be paid. And he had the man thrown into prison until the debt could be paid. When the king heard of this, he was outraged. And he'd just forgiven an absolute enormous debt. The king threw the first man into prison and refused to release him until the debt was paid. Why have I told you that scripture? It just shows you the importance of forgiveness. God has forgiven our enormous unpayable debt. Paid it by sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. Just like the king extended that gracious forgiveness and how... God and Jesus has done that to us. We need to do that to others. Be quick to forgive. There's more, but I'm, I'm, I'm done. But the last thing I would say is this. If you want a healthy relationships, whatever the relationship is, you have to be intentional. All this stuff's about being intentional. It's all wrapped in, in love. Pray into that relationship. Whatever that relationship is, pray into that relationship. Philippians 1.9 And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment. I've got to pray into our situations. Pray into our relationships. It's interesting how many Christian people in their relationships, come and talk to me. And I'm privileged to hear people's lives. And I have to keep that to myself. But when they're struggling, and maybe you need to look at this, maybe you're struggling in, in, in a relationship, whatever the relationship is. Normally my first question is, have you gone to God on this? Have you prayed about this? Have you, and I'm not trying to be super spiritual. Do you know sometimes the best thing me and Jen can do Instead of being at loggerheads, still of not understanding how we get to there or what we do, and we just need to pray. We need to bring unity back. We just need to pray. And when we pray, do we have the answer? No, but we, we feel that God's in control then. That we feel that we will get the answer, that we will get the understanding. If you're in a relationship this morning, whatever the relationship is, pray into that relationship. Your boss. It's a terrible relationship. Or you're a boss to somebody else and the relationship, pray into that relationship or with your children. Life's too short to allow God to be central to your relationships, to pray right in the middle of it and God will show up. I believe that. I've seen it. God longs for us to have healthy relationships but they've got to be intentional 
got to be based in love. Just take a few moments now. Say, Lord, is there anything from this message? Is there anything that I need to, in my relationship, is there anything that I've got to look at? Is there anything that I need to do differently? And if the Lord is highlighting that, do something with it. Do something with it. Word of God is no good if we just hear it. We've got to put it into a practical form. We've got to be able to apply it. Relationships are hard. But I do know this, that God has created us to be in relationship. I'm not just talking about man, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. God has created us not to do life on our own, but to be in relationship. So if God has created us to be in relationships, he definitely wants them to be healthy. He definitely wants them to be a fruitful relationship. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? Father, there's so much I could say. There's so much more that I feel you've given me. But Father God, I... Your heart is for healthy relationships. Your heart is that it's based out of love from you that would overflow. Lord, if you're highlighting something now, would, would you show us the best way to move that forward? To respond to your word, not just to be hearers, but to, to be doers, to be responders. Father, every one of us in this room wants better relationships, wants healthy relationships. So Lord, would you show us how to play our part in our relationships going forward this week. I pray in Jesus' name.